across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. It's 13 minutes past 10. So as you just heard me say that uh, there was a gathering of luminaries uh, that uh, gathered to conversate and unpack the issue of intergenerational trauma and the impact particularly that it's having on women today. And uh, we want to reflect on the gathering and the outcomes of that gathering with Alison Lazarus, who's a conflict resolution specialist and a peace builder. Dieketzeng Diale also joins us and uh, Dieketzeng is founder and executive director of the Lady of Peace Community Foundation. Good morning to the both of you and thank you so much for your time. Good morning, KG, and good morning to your listeners. So let's talk about this gathering, Alison, as we start with you about why it was that this profound conversation that I had visionaries, uh, you know, inspired people, brave voices, luminaries in literary and cultural studies. Why was what was the intention with the gathering in the first place? So uh, you caught me a little off guard. I am unsure of what gathering you are talking about. Uh, However, uh, I would like to share with you what um, we as South African Women in Dialogue uh, think about the current war that's going on and the intergenerational trauma associated with it. Mm, mm. Uh, Go on, sorry. So today in Pretoria and uh, our people, uh, ordinary women, uh, peacemakers, peace builders, are gathering at the embassy of the United States and the Israeli embassy to mourn and to wail and to and to grieve. The genocide that is going on in Palestine is something that we want to come to an end. And in all the work that Sawit does with a woman who are in conflict areas, uh, dialoguing and working and advocating and building peace from the ground, there are two things we've become extremely aware of. One, the strategy of rape in war, it's a war strategy, and what we're seeing as the deliberate targeting of children as a strategy of war. And what that does, what that does, of course, is affects the ability of a society to reconstitute itself. It affects the ability of women to have healthy and uh, 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 healthy pregnancies with a sense of well-being. The uh, women become scared to have children. What future are they bringing into it? And when you wipe out the children, there is no one to build the society. And so when we talk about uh, uh, intergenerational trauma, we are talking about the ability from a reproductive health perspective for a society to grow itself, from a well-being perspective of a society to to even dream. If death has been a constant that you have had to face 
in the most uh, alarming of situations. There is no time to breathe, no time to dream, no time to build. We affect the ability of ordinary human beings to live in a healthy way. So this is why Sawit uh, is uh, unequivocally, unequivocally saying, end the genocide. And the genocide, ending the genocide does not mean just ending the hostilities. It means ending all those structural elements of violence from our mental health to our reproductive health, our bodies, our souls, our minds, our relations with people. We'll come back after this short break uh, as we talk uh, intergenerational trauma and the impact that it has. That's Alison Lazarus, who you just heard, who is a conflict resolution specialist and peace builder. We'll come back with Nyeketzeng Diale, the founder and executive director of the Lady of Peace Community Foundation, to hear her take on intergenerational... SAFM. Primetime, all day long. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. Welcome back. It's 10.20. Diegetz and Diale was part of uh, this uh, conversation. And perhaps, Alison, I don't think uh, you were part of it, but I think uh, it's an important uh, contribution that you're bringing to the table around intergenerational trauma. But Diegetz, seeing you were there, I thought uh, you'd give us a perspective and welcome. Good morning, Diegetz and Diale, the founder and executive director of the Lady of Peace of Community Foundation. What you found uh, led uh, that gathering to the issue of intergenerational trauma and why it was that you gathered even in the first place. Good morning. Good morning, KG, and good morning to your listeners. It's a very unfortunate uh, state that we find ourselves in this morning right now, that um, the question that is asked um, really relates to the people who were physically at um, the conversation that happened, I guess, in Birchwood. I was invited at Birchwood on the 20th to speak about um, issues um, where that we attended a conference in Rwanda um, talking about women deliver. But however, um, I may not necessarily have been part of that conversation specifically, but what I know um, Sawit has been doing the South African Women in Dialogue throughout uh, since last year and all the other years in its 20th celebration has been in the forefront to bring out this intergenerational trauma as a result of where we're coming from as South Africans, that we are carrying, you know, traumas from the past generations, and therefore we need to deal with them, you know, in a segmented way. And also maybe to also call for a national healing a session whereby you know everyone in the country is able to then you know talk about the atrocities that happened during apartheid um, and as well as throughout uh, what the women and children are going through in their domestic um, areas or rather in their households so um, as an example of what Sawit has done uh, you know, through uh, in specifically in implementing the National Action Plan on Women, Peace and Security, um, it has provided for women, as an example, in Alexandra, in Limpopo, in the Northwest, to talk about this intergenerational 
uh, traumas, bringing in experts like your, uh, you know, psychologists uh, to to actually, uh, uh, you know, filter and get into the issues that are causing us to to forever be in in so much conflict with with each other, especially at domestic uh, level. Mm. So what what we have done as the uh, Lady of Peace Community Foundation um, in response to the call for peace in our domestic households, because the households are the, 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 the basic units of development. Mm. So we then uh, came up with a program that assists uh, aligned to the National Action Plan, um, at looking at an example of a peace table, which is something that uh, when we are in conflict, uh, like we're having a, a, around the world right now, that we encourage dialogue. Mm. And that's really the root of what Sawid is bringing and supporting to the fore to say that we, you know, we, we should be allowed spaces to to exhale, to to wail, to express ourselves as a as a means to reduce uh, and to to take care of our mental health, as uh, Sis Allison has has alluded to. So. Um, the, the 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 meeting that you are referring to uh you know it was attended by i mean this is now from a reporting perspective not physically being there but it was attended by a lot of uh women um coming from works of uh, different walks of life and it, it was facilitated by you know other women who were then trained uh to 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 help um you know, bring to the fore the pain that individuals are going through. And it was such a, you know, uh, we saw on the uh, um, on the Zoom and on the videos that they shared with us uh, because we continue to dialogue as women. I mean, Saudi has got a platform there on WhatsApp and you know, on social media and everywhere where we can actually see, learn and hear and even, you know, carry those conversations into our homes and begin to discuss the tactics of how can we improve conversations within the household. So that's uh, basically what, uh, you know, um, the intervention that uh, Sawit has provided. And it's, it's in a continuum, right? Yeah, they yeah. Con they're continuously doing that, that effort and partnering, like I said, with your uh, um, a psychologist to give psychosocial support and you know a classic classic example of what uh, is happening let's say in Tembisa where we are working with social workers and psychologists you know we bring in the element of of um, promotion of peace to end violence especially in the household so we call it domestic peace domestic so domestic peace. in peace um, gives an opportunity for um, individuals within the household to know who they are. So we encourage each and every uh, household to first take what we call personality tests so that we know who we are each in a family so that we can learn how to then best improve ourselves to make sure that, you know, uh, we prevent conflict wherever it can manifest yeah. in the house.
It's quite interesting. Yes. It's quite interesting, Alison, when uh, you made the reference to the war situation that uh, you know uh, we find ourselves uh, exp- watching really on our television screens every day, and the impact that that would have on the children. Because ultimately, when we talk of intergenerational trauma, we talk of the fact that uh, there's things that uh, you know generation after generation continuously, almost in a loop, goes through that ends up inadvertently affecting the next uh, uh, generation. How do we arrest particularly the issue of intergenerational trauma in the home, as Dieke Tseng just said, and make sure that, you know, it's not something that flips over to future generations, particularly when we relate it to the South African environment? Yeah. So uh, we've got a lot of unfinished business in terms of the trauma uh, that has been inflicted upon our communities as a result of apartheid, colonialism, slavery, etc. So um, uh, I think we start off by not denying that it happened, mm. you know, uh, in a sense, disrupting denial mm-hmm. and um and in our context we do not have the luxury of going to a psychiatrist one-on-one on the couch for most we people have, it's not even affordable it's not mm. so we have to be looking at group processes and indigenous processes and uh, more uh, public processes and the use of art and culture in group processes to enable people, uh, as uh, De Ketsen was saying, to, to enable people to weep, to wail, to, you know, uh, to do their primal scream, mm. uh, which we haven't been able to do in this country. Now, you ask, how are we going to do this so that it doesn't, you know, affect uh, uh, the next generation. We are reaping the whirlwind. When we look at our own children right now, um, so many things have been unattended. We have no psychosocial support in the school setup. Mm. Um, uh, the resources are too few. Uh, uh, your teachers <laughs> need psychosocial support. Mm-hmm. Um and we are not putting resources in the right places. Yeah. For the healing to happen, for the for the dreaming again to begin, uh, for the innovation to happen. So uh for me, uh, it is about going back to our budget and uh asking what are we spending our money on? What are we spending ta- taxpayers' money on? Because the uh, the need for psychosocial support, the need for accompaniment, the need for interventions that that uh, uh, allow uh, the resilience to be res- uh, resuscitated. If you look at sport in schools, right, um, uh, because we're focusing on children, uh, it has been decimated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't even have a thing enough called PE anymore, you know, for the work with the body. And when it comes to curriculum, we cut out the arts and the arts are so, so important as methodologies for healing, for resilience mm. to be built. 
Yeah. So um, let me ask for your indulgence, ladies, as I have to go to news uh, uh, headlines, but we'll continue our conversation. And I, I want us, uh, when we come back, to talk about whether there's value uh, when there's a, collect- a, a collective group of women, uh, you know, it, there's value in them being given the space to be collectively vulnerable. Is there enough empathy, uh, you know, that allows for courage, uh, uh, you know, to, to that courage to be met with? total support and basically I'm trying to get to the value of these group gatherings when it comes to dealing with the problem of intergenerational trauma Alison Lazarus and Diego Zengdiale uh, I guess it's 10.31 it's time for the news headlines Conversations that you connect with and react to SAFM Hashtag SAFM Talking Point so we're reflecting on a gathering that uh, happened to conversate and try and unpack the issue of intergenerational trauma and the impact that that has, particularly on women today. And uh, we're reflecting on the outcomes of the gathering and, uh, you know, trying to remind ourselves of the legacy of intergenerational trauma for women and society in general. Alison Lazarus is a conflict resolution specialist and peace builder, Diale founder and executive director of the Lady of Peace Community Foundation. When, you know, uh, gatherings of this nature happen, where a degree of vulnerability is allowed or it's found and gives a degree of comfort because, you know, there's an assumption that uh, there is empathy in the room and that empathy encourages a degree of courage from the participants. How does that spill over from people who participate in the conversation into communities because this intergenerational trauma that we're talking about unfortunately does not happen at those kinds of gatherings it happens day to day in communities and thank you so much for that question so before we get to communities it starts with a person right Mm. so your, your your psychological dimension as well as your social dimension as a person um, comes into play. So when you have group uh, uh, support, uh, the value for money that you are asking about or the value of empathy, is it enough um, as a group? It, 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 to a greater extent, it has an impact. And in this way that when there is a, a realization as a, as, a, as a person, as an individual, that you are not the only one going through a certain form of, you know, uh, distress or some form of, you know, um, unhappiness. And uh, you discuss about these issues. Uh, you become capacitated to uh, know, oh, um, I realize, oh, I should have maybe not uh, gone this route. Oh, let me explore this kind of a route, you know. So um, there is a form of, um, you know, solidarity that one experiences. And with that, they carry it to the community to try and influence because this is not an event. It's a process. Mm. It's not something that uh, you can say, now that I attended this, oh, voila, now I I, I know all, all, all these, um, my problems are all going to go away. It's a process. And we want to thank, uh, you know, uh, those people, those partners, those donors who actually went into um, assisting the South African Women in Dialogue and all its partners and and, and members to to get involved in 
issues of 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 um, you know intergenerational uh, healing uh, processes which have uh, started. I mean, on the other hand, we also have the national strategic plan on gender-based violence and femicide and its funding uh, 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 structures like the the, the fund itself. Uh, people like Sonke Gender Justice they found um, other. And national and non-profit organizations like ourselves and others to try and implement the social behavioral change, you know, as a preventative measure of you know increasing um, you know conflicts that we are seeing, increasing violence that we are seeing, which in most instances comes from this uh, generational uh, traumas that people have experienced, and you can only out uproot that in conversations and where a community is able to be given that you know opportunity to have a, a conversation around these issues i mean i mentioned sonke gender justice for the for the mere fact that they have funded uh, this this program that we are implementing in tembisa and part of what we're trying to get out of the community starting at the school primary school level uh, creating peace corners which is a, a safe space um, in the schools where the children can be able to go in there. And we provided journals where they can be able to write their stories, their everyday stories on how you know they are impacted um, at their homes. And that partnership has now yielded a, an attraction from the community, from a a social from a social worker perspective and then we partnered with an organization called you are not alone yana which is a group of social workers and they get to evaluate these instruments these books that um you know to see what the children are going uh, through and then they follow the the book you know they mm. follow the book okay now we now extending the the interaction with the parents now to say yeah. okay the child is going through this kind of thing. What could be the issue? Of course, it's not a, a, a smooth riding or sailing that we're now going through. It is a process and we really want to call on everybody who's interested in making sure that this intergenerational traumas are dealt with. Spaces are created for people to you know to to mourn to exhale you know and 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 to just remember peace when they are not feeling good you know yeah, so yeah. These i want to kind of I want to yeah. go to break again. I, I'm sorry, but I, I want to also come back and talk about whether or not we're singling out one part of uh, society when we say, you know, the impact is largely felt uh, uh, by women of intergeneral, uh, intergenerational trauma. One of the things, of, for example, that get talked about, uh, about uh, the male uh, sector in uh, the apartheid era was how men were very largely emasculated in uh, the working and environments that they were in the you know communities that they would live in and you know would end up then because they're so emasculated ending up going home and reasserting their manhood sometimes in ways that are uh, negative so i want to find out whether uh, you know intergenerational trauma particularly affects women the most or is it a problem that affects all parts of society. We're talking intergenerational trauma and its impact with Alison Lazarus and Yeketzing Diale. It's 1040. 
You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. 10.43, welcome back. Intergenerational trauma is uh, what we're conversing about. Uh, Alison Lazarus is conflict resolution specialist and uh, peace builder. So, uh, you know, are we singling out one part of society when we say it affects women the most? Or is it a problem that affects every sector of society? Absolutely. Violence affects every sector of society. If we go back to the migrant labor system, what that actually did to men uh, was brutal and cruel, Um, uh, denying them the ability to be fathers, husbands, partners, raise their children. So the question becomes, uh, in this uh, massive task that we have, uh, who does what and how do we do it? So with regard to SAWID, we have created a space for uh, South African women to dialogue with each other. And it was as a result of, um, and with uh, women from other countries. So uh, our our national level work is to provide that space for women uh, to uh, name, to name what it is they are experiencing a safe space to do so and to name what lies between us because the unfinished business of the TRC, the unfinished business of courageous dialogue between uh, 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 those of us who are raised under apartheid, indoctrinated and, uh, and, um, uh, and in the context of the current disinformation that goes on, how do you get to greater understanding and dialogue? One of the objectives of dialogue is to bring about understanding. So in Sawad, we talk about naming, but we don't talk about shaming because uh, uh, the processes we are involved in is uh, shame doesn't allow us to move forward. So um, we create safe spaces with all our differences, uh, with all our intersectionality, as we call it, our differences of race, class, gender, uh, you know, uh, experiences of the intensity of violence, etc. We give ourselves a chance to name it and we ask each other to sit with each other to, to the point where what someone is saying rings a bell of truth in us yeah. and, 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 I and suppose slowly we begin to change our positions and grow in understanding. And I suppose, Alison, uh, sorry to interrupt you, what it also teaches the environment, uh, you know, or the gathering, teaches that, you know, intergenerational trauma and how it manifests and impacts people uh, is not a solitary burden for individuals. Because if you're a child and you come from a family that's deeply, deeply affected by intergenerational trauma, you will feel like you're the only one who feels that way. But then if a whole community uh, is going through things that are similar, dialogue allows uh, in terms of that vulnerability for that conversation and its impact to lessen the pain of others, does it not? Yes, and and we have to be careful in those dialogues because uh, when I realize, oh, you've had a similar experience to me, we don't want to normalize the violence. We We want people to understand that we've had these experiences of violence and that needs to change. So dialogue cannot be used to normalize or legitimize 
um, um, you know, acts of violence. Uh, dialogue has to be conducted in such a way where we can name the impunity or name the act of perpetration and um, and uh, get the sense that uh, uh, that violation that I have experienced is unacceptable and that together uh, we can begin to change that. Yeah. Um, as you say, personal transformation to social transformation to systemic and institutional transformation. Because if our institutions in South Africa do not change, if we, for example, could make one single act of ensuring that tax taxpayers' money in the budget is towards all these uh, development, psychosocial well-being initiatives, you know, if we could have that one shift, we would we would be making uh, major strides in addressing the vast need in our country. Yeah, but you know, uh, am I uh, correct to assume, dear Getzing is back, dear Getzing, that it manifests itself differently for both men and women interge- intergenerational yes. trauma? No, absolutely, it does. And I think, you know, uh, the experts would really have it put it nicely, you know, uh, uh, in in the context of what it is. Uh, What we are finding out, though, on the ground is that um, uh, many of our men, uh, you know, the way they've been raised as well, you know, it becomes uh, very difficult for them to express themselves. Um, when they are feeling hurt, and we thank you know organizations or of men who care and you know who are opening those spaces for men to continue with the dialogue and of course not normalize it, but to have an opportunity to you know uh, transform personally and societally. So uh, the big issue here is um, to address what is happening in the household yeah and and yes yes go on yeah and 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 we see that with the the kind of programs that you know um the 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 south african government is you know promoting and i was saying i was mentioning the national strategic plan on gender-based violence and femicide uh that you know um, we we see also the UN women coming and and supporting initiatives of you know non bystanderism you know where we are encouraging uh, you know in support of the legislation that was passed to promote you know gender based violence and femicide victims uh, to have more care and protection. Um, on on what is happening uh, within the household that we cannot continue to be bystanders as a product of uh, some form of trauma that you know could have led to a an incident of violence within the household. So therefore, um, there are such programs we see them encouraging men and women to actually uh, be recognized. Uh, for the work that they are doing uh, through awarding them, you know, um, uh, 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 tokens of appreciation with the work that they're doing on a daily basis um, in the community, walking the streets of Tembisa, walking the streets of, 
Soshanguve, uh, uh, you know, door to door knocking and and holding these back, um, back uh, they call them in Tembisa, they call them back uh, um, backyard uh, dialogues where men are are having conversations with each other to say, hey man, you know, how are you today? Mm. Uh, what has happened? You know, uh, can we talk about? They're just being real. You know, yeah, that's Let's powerful. What yeah, what are you? What happened to you last night? Are you willing to talk? And now that's where we came in and say we're awarding people like that. We're yeah. running the sixteen. Let, let me ask for your indulgence, dear Kitsing, and allow you to continue your trailer thought when I come back from break. It's ten fifty-one. Welcome back. Uh, join the conversation and send us WhatsApps on how you feel you've been impacted by intergenerational trauma. In in your community, in your family, etc. On the number 0614104107, we're talking about the impact of intergenerational trauma, uh, the impact particularly on women, but the impact really on society as uh, we reflect on uh, a, a, a conversation that was led by visionaries and uh, that inspired brave voices, old and young generation uh, of voices. Ellison Lazarus, uh, a conflict resolution specialist and peace builder is in the room a founder and executive director of uh, the Lady of Peace Community Foundation is also uh, a guest. So one of the things I learned is that at the gathering it took a young person who stood you know a young learner uh, in the room who stood up and, and offered what really was a fresh pe- perspective uh, at the time as this conversation was unfolding and named it what it was and said perhaps it's uh, the impact of intergenerational trauma. Are you finding in your work that the younger generation can name it better? Because you referenced, Alison, earlier the importance of naming your trauma. Are you finding that perhaps the younger generation is able to name it better than the older generation who've just sort of, uh, you know, been wired around just living through it and not naming it and taking responsibility for it and, and working towards turning it around? Yes, I think our younger generation is definitely more articulate. Uh, and um, and they, uh, and, the, and the context in which um, uh, mental health is being discussed today is much more um uh, people are much more receptive mm. people uh you know I, I mean going to the into the bookstores and the mind body uh spirit shelves are flooded mm-hmm. uh, with literature people are talking about mental health uh more than say 40 years ago and so on so they uh, they can name it and they can uh they can talk about it uh more easily than generations before who felt uh, shame and who, uh, you know, uh, could not uh, speak up and speak out. Um, So, yes, they are naming it and they are talking about it more. But uh, we, how, how, are we supporting that? Mm. How are we supporting the the, the healing process uh, from there on? You know, someone's mentioning. You know, the 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 gathering you're talking about was the, a gathering to celebrate 20 years of South African women in dialogue, mm-hmm. and. Over those 20 years, you know, uh, uh, Sawit has tried to do a number of things. Uh, 
spaces for people to talk, to grieve, to we uh, you know to weep, as well as to uh, 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 how capacities can be built uh, to uh, express their economic empowerment, uh, to celebrate uh, their resilience and what people uh, create and do in spite of the circumstances. So that that celebration of 20 years of Saud was a celebration of what we are doing amongst ourselves in South Africa as women and what we are doing in solidarity with other women uh, in, in Africa and, um, yes, in the rest of Africa. So... When you ask, you know, is it different for men? Is it different for women? Where I sit, when I look at bedwetting of children, little girls and little boys, the the way trauma uh, uh, impacts uh, us is, is very similar. It affects body, mind, spirit, soul. What is the difference is our response to it. Mm. What are we neglecting? What are we supporting? And because we live in a society that kind of socializes girls and boys and men and women differently, we need to be more innovative and creative about how we respond to supporting the healing processes. Yeah. You spoke of a phrase earlier on, the non-bystanderism that you talked about. How do we make sure that, uh, you know, people feel or, uh, you know, people feel the need to take collective, uh, you know, uh, responsibility and uh, drive a collective healing uh, from the issues that come from intergenerational trauma as we round off? Yeah, thank you so much for the question. And um, it all begins, as I said, in the household. And first, before the household, it begins with you. The commitment to want to make that change, to make that step, and the courage. So what would be or you know, a an intervention is to um continuously invite uh people to uh, come to the table in which now we call the peace table mm. to understand each other. You know, and from that human understanding that, you know, um, it's in a a situation of intergenerational trauma, it's not really about them and us. Mm. We all went through it. We all went through it and making them understand that and therefore to, to jointly craft a call to action as a community. You know, the same way we can uh, want to, uh, you know, um, have conversations and take action about the protest and of service delivery and all that. We should have a positive approach to um, acknowledging the fact that we have been hurt collectively. Yeah. Uh, men, women, boys, girls, everyone, you know, yeah. and now create the space for us to then look into our personalities first. And then how do we contribute to first the household and then to their community? And if the one, if Gohamadlamini, they do it today, ne? and they share it with Gohadiale the next day, and then the next day came Kwanazi, and the next day is Lobster, and the next day is, then the community. Yeah, takes responsibility build. for it. 
responsibility of it. So that's why we're building these peace corners in every corner of South Africa. When the president in uh, at the Generation Equality Forum meeting in Paris uh, in 2021, he articulated to say that as South Africa, he is committing to a time for peace drive. Yeah. And this drive will be driven by peace corner conversations that needs to take place. And these are typically your healing, uh, uh, you know, uh, platforms. Yeah. You know, Unfortunately, are- time is not on my side anymore, ladies. But thank you for your thoughts, your insights, and your and sharing your learnings as well. Alison Lazarus, it's 11.01. Luanda Maume is standing by with the